Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio, another true story from True Story FM. I'm your host, Megan Strand with Engage for Good. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at engageforgood.com. And welcome back to Cause Talk Radio. I'm Megan Strand, Communications Director with Engage for Good. And I'm here with the fabulous Allie Murphy, Marketing and Engagement Manager, also at Engage for Good. Hey, Allie. Hey, Megan. How are you? I'm awesome. It's just awesome to be here with you. I'm always so happy when you get to co-host with me. It makes me happy. It's a lot of fun. Plus, you, uh, I think every introduction, you say the fabulous Allie Murphy. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty fabulous right now. You are fabulous. You are fabulous. <laughs> um, well, I have a question for you today. I mean, I know Cause Talk Radio is your favorite podcast, but do you listen to of other, course. Do you listen to other podcasts? I'm not a huge podcaster, which might sound kind of funny. Um, I do. My husband loves Tim Ferriss, so we end up listening to a lot of Tim Ferriss on road trips. My other favorite is Brene Brown's Dare to Lead. Mm. I think that's the actual title. She has two. She has that two. one. I think. Yeah, yep. she has two, and I agree with both of those. <laughs> I I don't know. I'm kind of a podcast junkie. I mm-hmm. can pretty much find a podcast on any subject that I'm interested in. Uh, my stand, my all-time favorite is This American Life, and that's one of the ones that has been on the air probably the longest and that I listen to the most because I know it's just like a reliable, good story. So, But nice. the reason I bring all of this up today is because... So podcasting has been around for a while. Mm-hmm. The audio medium has been around for a while. But... I don't know that we've ever really talked about or thought about diversity from an audio perspective. At least I haven't. Have you, do you, do you do that? Do you think about the voices that you're hearing on a podcast? No, I think about it when I'm looking at what authors to read or what I want to watch on Netflix and things like that, probably more now than ever before. But when it comes to audio, not really. And maybe I should be. Maybe that's a huge area of growth. Yeah. No, I think it's a really fascinating subject. And that's what we're going to be talking about today with Nicole Huey, who is Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion at SiriusXM and Pandora. And she's going to be talking about something called the Sonic Color Line. So mm-hmm. I've never heard about this. Have you? No, I have not. But I'm excited to learn about it. Well, let's bring her on and talk a little bit more about it. All right. Let's get started. Well, hello, Nicole, and welcome to Cause Talk Radio. Hello, good afternoon. It's so nice to be here today. So awesome to have you. Well, I'm so excited today, uh, but would you talk, would you start off by just telling us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do at SiriusXM and Pandora? Sure, no problem at all. So I'll start again with my name, always important. (laughs) So my name is Nicole Huey. And I am the Vice President, Head of Diversity and Inclusion for Sirius XM and Pandora. And it's a mouthful, but for me, which makes sense, it's one of the most important roles in the organization. And that is not to discredit anybody else's role, but to just understand how important it is for me, you know, when I do this work. So what I'm responsible for is really providing perspective, uh, helping to craft and create a strategy from a DNI perspective. And in that strategy, to ensure that we have initiatives. They really support our core mission from a DNI perspective. And so our core mission is to really create an inclusive environment where all of us, no matter what our differences are, are better valued, respected, supported, and amplified. And that means a lot for all of us as we can connect as humans uh, in any organization. When I think about one of the most rewarding things that I do every single day 
is to look to find new ways to support and empower all employees, particularly those in underrepresented groups, right? And that can be broad. So we all are very multidimensional. And so underrepresented can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different people. No matter what it means to you, it is important that all of our employees thrive. What we know is when our employees thrive, our listeners, our subscribers, they get more from us. They get better programs and services that we offer. So diversity inclusion is important. I think that's a great introduction. So one of the things that I understand we're going to talk about today is the Sonic Color Line. What is this? So the Sonic Color Line is really a concept around sound and how we listen and how we hear things. So it is not a, a statement that was created by us. It was created by Jennifer Lynn Stover. Uh, and in that definition, it's really about the division, right? The division between what's perceived to be whiteness, what's perceived to be blackness, and really how that divides us. And at the end of the day, when we think about the history of sound, particularly in this country, a lot of the things and a lot of the practices that we have around listening are dominated by the dominant culture. So that's what it's really about, that line that distinguishes between whiteness and blackness. It is invisible, right? We call it a line, but it is invisible. But by no means should we underestimate the barrier that it sets up. How white voices are rewarded and voices of color are often marginalized. Well, I'm so glad that we are here today on a podcast in an audio medium to talk about <laughs> a new initiative that you have. Um, yeah. It's an initiative of Pandora, SiriusXM, and Stitcher called Stand for Sonic Diversity. So can you tell us what this initiative is all about? Yeah, it's one of the, I, I have, I've been doing this work for a very long time across different industries. And this particular initiative is one that I'm so fond of and so excited about because it takes us to places that I haven't been, particularly because, again, I haven't been in this kind of industry before. But when we think about what this uh, means for us, it is really about influencing what happens um, from a marketing perspective. As advertisers, we want to make sure that we have a call to action, right? An action to diversify voices in the broadest sense of the word. And as we diversify those voices, we like to say here that we need to talk the talk and walk the walk. I use that all the time because it's both. It's one thing to say you're going to do something. It's something else to actually do it. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about talking the talk and walking the walk here, this initiative really helps us to do that because it allows us to really talk to others as well as to ourselves around making sure that we're doing more from a casting perspective, that we are diversifying the casting audiences or the casting um, talent to make sure that Black voices are represented as well as other voices are represented. We have a lot to do in this space, and this is our attempt to do that. Ensure that there's diversity in that pool, which ultimately will influence decisions that our consumers are making. So it's a win-win all the way around, right? It's a talent play as well as a play around decision-making uh, that people make and how they hear things and how that influences what they do every single day. So diving into more of these kind of specific actions, you're talking about talking the talk, walking the walk. What are some of the specific actions that you're asking brands, agencies, marketers, yeah. publishers, and media companies to pledge to actually take? Yeah, so that's a really great question. There are a lot of them, and I'll, I'll give you a few. There's a lot more information on our uh, actual website. But just to give you a few, to give you a sense of what we're talking about, we're, we're really specific. We're really getting really clear about what we're asking. 
So we're asking that Black voices are represented at least 50%, right, of the total uh, talent pool, at least 15%. We want to make sure that when we're casting, that Black voices are casted at least 30% of, of the time over what we had in 2020. So this is about building. We started off here. We need to see more of it. We're asking folks to really stop supporting, right? Refuse to support casting where there's only white voice actors that are asked to play Black roles. So think about that, right? You have a a Black role, you have a a Black uh, role that needs to be played, and then there's a white voice actor that plays that role. We're saying, not good enough. You should cast the talent that should be there. You know, when we look at casting practices, making sure that there's an audit, So that's also about talking the talk and walking the walk. It's one thing to do something once. It's another thing to continuously monitor it so that you make sure that you don't slip and slide. It's so easy to go back to something that feels normal. This is forcing us to take a look at it every single day. So that's also important as well. And then I think about all of the DE&I efforts that a lot of companies have and making sure that's interweaved and the decisions that are making all the time around voice casting and scripting, by the way, because that voice and how we script things should also be reflective of what we want it to be. So we're asking people to do that as well. There are a ton of things that we're doing in this space. Those are just a few of them. But what I'm hoping you get is that there's some intentionality about around that. Particularly in this space from a DNI perspective, you have to have intention, and that intention needs to meet impact. So you have to be looking at all of those all the time. And this is really intentional for us. And we're asking others to get on board and do the same thing. Maybe you could back up and give us some other examples of existing practices that this initiative challenges that have historically elevated white voices. You just gave us one, um, casting white actors in the role of Black characters, which I personally did not know that happened. That makes zero sense to me whatsoever. And I was, as I was reading through your list of best practices, I was like, that is horrible. Did not know that happened. So can you just, for those of us who maybe aren't as familiar, give us some examples of what else is happening in the industry that you're challenging? Sure. So the direction that you give voices. So sometimes uh, Black voiceover talent is asked to sound more Black, less Black, or use what we call Black scent. Again, it's trying to shape and mold voices to sound how we want them to sound versus having them be authentic Mm. to who they Mm -hmm. are, right? So when we think about, uh, again, diversifying uh, the general market, again, it's about using, not using what we consider, well, what some I could say would consider sort of the traditional voice, which often aligns with a white voice. And so, again, something very specific that we're asking uh, people not to do. At the end of the day, right, when we talk about, um, again, being intentional, it's around looking at every single aspect of what we're doing in this space and making sure we're making different um, decisions around what we need to do. We sometimes have to step in front of things. And when people don't request one type of voice or another, just put the talent on the table, right? And so let's just say if there's no request by an advertiser, we put forth a Black voice or a voice that's BIPOC, right? Black, Indigenous, or a person of color. So that's being intentional. That's not waiting. That's being intentional and putting some things on the table. Not everybody realizes what they're listening to, or maybe subconsciously we do, but 
I'm not sitting there personally, and maybe I should be, I'm not personally sitting there going, hmm, who, who's behind this voice? So when we're talking about, well, we've talked about actions that you're asking others to take. When we're talking about best practices for sonic diversity, what are some of those and how did you arrive at those specific best practices? So some of those best practices are really around some of the things that we know to be true, right? Some of the things that we've experienced ourselves, we would never ask people to do things that we're not doing for ourselves or things that we know would change sort of uh, the dynamics of what we want people to do. So I shared, you know, some of them already around best practices, being intentional, making sure that at least 15% of the total voiceover talent uh, is a person of color. BIPOC is a term that we use most often, or Black, Indigenous, or a person of color. Again, making sure that we're not asking people to do things that might make them sound in a way that's trying to get them to sound in mm-hmm. a certain way, right? A, a certain uh, Black accent, let's say, or making them sound more urban, which we get a lot right? What does that really mean? What we're saying is let's not do that. Let's let people be as authentic as they need to be. And then we know that the results of what people are listening to, they often can't figure, they don't know what's behind it. And so again, let's make sure that we're doing things that really make sense and really make sure that folks are given the opportunity in that pool to be reflective of what our country looks like. Because at the end of the day, the country is almost 40% non-white. And so with that, there's a lot of opportunities to get a lot of different talent in the pool. And we should make sure that we open that up. Well, I think one of your other best practices um, that I read on your website is to audit and review your practices on a regular basis. And that seems like a great place to start um, in terms of, you know, taking a look at what you have and where you are as a starting point. Do you agree with that, Nicole? Absolutely. Again, audit gets around uh, to intentionality. You don't know what you don't know until you actually take the time to take a look. And so being intentional about your very first look, but also going back and checking periodically is important. That's the intentionality. What really strikes me, uh, again, as one of this being one of my favorite initiatives is the intentionality around all of this. You can't leave things to chance. You have to be clear. You have to put some things down that will make the difference. One, you need to know what will make the difference first, right? And then you have to put some things down that will make the difference, but it has to be intentional. It can't be one of those, well, let's try this today and let's try that tomorrow. It has to be, this is what we need to do and everybody needs to agree and everybody needs to be on the same page. That's intentionality. Intention. Um, equals impact. Impact without intention can take you all over the place. The both two need to be coherent, right? They need to match up together so that you really get what you're trying to get out of this entire initiative. And I'm, I'm really proud of the people that put this together, right? It took a lot of courage, I say, because we don't always challenge the status quo. Uh, and this was an opportunity to do that. So I'm so proud of what folks have done to put this together and be leaders in this space. You can't ask people to do something you won't do yourself. So I think it's, it's pretty courageous. And we uh, really are in a space as an organization to take courage to the next level. And this is one of those opportunities. 
Um, so this is a new initiative that just launched in March. How's it going so far? And what's the response been from the industry? Are you getting yeah. people picking this up? Yeah, it's going well, actually. We've gotten a lot of great feedback um, from what we're doing. You know, just anecdotally, as I look at all of the things that we've done on social media around this, we're getting a lot of love and support. Again, what struck me as pretty interesting about this is the courage behind it. And we're getting a lot of feedback around the courage. But things are going well. Um, folks have, again, supported us in what we're trying to do. We ourselves are doing a lot in this space. We're doing a lot of, uh, I won't call it press, but I'll call it stories around this. So just recently, we were at the South by Southwest um, event and did an entire segment around breaking the sonic color line. Mm, nice. And what's so interesting about this is, you know, we have some, I'll call them famous people in the voiceover space, like Joan Baker and MC Light that have really jumped on board with this and have really talked about their own experiences, challenging perceptions in this space and what they've had to do to overcome. So we know we're on the right uh, track. We know that this is absolutely the right thing to do and have buy-in uh, and affirmation from a lot of different uh, sources in this space. Uh, and we continue to talk about it because we know it's absolutely the right thing to do. I'm so glad to hear that you've had such a positive response and that people are sharing their own stories as well. Yes. As a much smaller company, do you have advice for smaller companies like ours when it comes to choosing diverse talent? What would you What would you do? Yeah, so I think the first thing around and really attracting talent is to making sure your own house is in order, right? That's an overused phrase a lot. But from a DNI perspective, it's about creating an inclusive culture. You have to do that. In the absence of inclusion, you have people rotating in and out, particularly for a small company. It's not ideal, right? So you want to make sure your own house is in order. And so you're creating the environment where new people can thrive and where existing people can thrive uh, as well. We always talk about having people listen uh, and because listening is so important and listening with intent. And so we are always encouraging our partners to be active listeners so that you can find those opportunities that can be non-traditional, but can be just as impactful in shaping how you do business. Be intentional about recruiting diverse talent. Recruitment is great. And I say this all the time. Recruitment is great. If your house is not in order, it's not going to matter, right? Because it becomes a revolving door. So you have to do both. You have to do both, but you should definitely have an eye on recruiting diverse talent, particularly where you know you have gaps, that you can do something different. Uh, and then just be transparent, right? So I think honesty is the best way to not only attract talent, but to make sure your employees know that you're real and you're authentic uh, in your own experiences. So owning sort of where the sonic color line is impacting your own life, your own work, uh, and your own environment, I think are things that smaller companies can do for sure. Um, I'm curious about your employees. Is this Are they a target stakeholder group in this initiative? Are you having communications with them about this? What's the response been from employees? So absolutely a stakeholder in everything we do, employees. For me, if employees have not bought in, then they can't be ambassadors. Right. And there's no better ambassador for your company than your employees, right? Mm -hmm. So I always say at the point that you have an external story that does not match your internal story, there's a problem there, right? There has to be congruency. So our employees are in the know of what we're doing. We've talked about it in several different ways um, from our leadership, to anything that I do, I'm always talking about this particular initiative. 
And so they absolutely are top of mind when we want folks to know what we're doing. And again, they're our ambassadors. So we have to have them on board. We have to make sure they understand what this is all about. I think one of the surprising things for a lot of people is that this is really a real unique way to think about diversity and inclusion. A lot of times you think about the traditional ways, right? When you talk about diversity and inclusion, how do you recruit people? How do you retain people? Folks don't often take that next step to talk about how it impacts the business from various different ways. And this is an initiative that does that. It impacts not only our employees because they can be proud of what we're doing, but it also impacts impacts our consumers, the folks that buy our products, because now they understand we're being intentional about taking action to do something different. uh, And we stand by what we talk about. And so our employees are just as excited for those that had nothing to do with getting this going. They're just as excited as though they did. So we all own it. And we all feel very proud about this initiative. So you've talked about kind of the impact on employees and you started talking about the impact on the business. How does this initiative ladder up into larger DEI work at SiriusXM and Pandora? Yeah, great question. Um, you know, when I think about DNI, it's a holistic approach, right? So again, it's those typical things that we talk about when we talk about workforce. So that's the people piece, right? How do we hire? How do we retain? How do we develop? When we think about the workplace, that's more of the culture piece. And as I mentioned before, being proud of this type of initiative helps from a culture perspective. It demonstrates that having the conversations that are real about things that are impacting us, perhaps in a negative way, ways that we can do better, makes employees feel good. So that supports the culture of the place, uh, which is phenomenal. And then finally, you know, again, we have to think of not only the workforce, the workplace, but the marketplace and how we integrate this into everything that we do from a business perspective. So this initiative hits on all of those cylinders, right? Workforce, there are people in the organization that had the foresight to be creative about how we impact things, workforce, workplace, people are proud of it. And so from a cultural perspective, we feel good about what the company is doing. From a marketplace perspective, our consumers are getting the best out of us as an organization, and they're hearing different ads that have different voices. So now we've impacted, right? We have the internal and the external impact that's so important. So again, we don't think of this as a traditional DNI initiative, but it absolutely supports everything that companies should be thinking about, hitting on all cylinders from a DNI perspective. And this does that. It get, it's a win-win across the board, across the board. And we're influencing talent the talent pool, getting more people working. An unintended benefit when you think about traditional DNI, but it absolutely uh, is critical in having uh, impact that just sort of, um, uh, not circles, but just sort of continues to grow exponentially in a way that you don't typically think of. Well, I think one of the things that I love about this effort too, Nicole, is just the fact that speaking of influence, you're using your position of authority to influence the industry. Like you're not just going out to your own consumer saying, hey, we're going to hire more diverse talent internally. Like your whole, the whole point of this initiative is to go out to marketers and advertisers and say, hey, you need to look at your own internal hiring practices when it comes to, um, you know, sonic diversity and kind of take a look at what you're doing and then make some changes. 
so I love that I love your leadership here, um, and I love that you are kind of using that influence in a in a little bit of a different way. So thank you so much for sharing all all about this fantastic program with our listeners today, Nicole. Where can people learn more about Stand for Sonic Diversity if they'd like to do that online? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a website that talks about our initiative. It's www.standforsonicdiversity.com. And everything that we've talked about, you can go and find information there. Uh, You can also hear some of the great voiceover talent in the industry, which I also think is very interesting as well. Um, But we will continue to talk about this initiative because it makes impact, not just internally to our organization, but what you just said, Megan, is influencing externally as well. So the benefit keeps growing. It's exponential. And this is what we're talking about for long-term sustainability. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. We will put all those links in our show notes, which you can find at engageforgood.com. And we will look forward to continuing to follow your fantastic leadership and progress on this initiative. Nicole, thanks again. Thank you. 